Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining us are Craig. Hello. And Tori. Hello, Internet. Uh, this is episode 11, covering Elantris, chapters 31 through 33. Uh, so, we normally start with good thing. Tori, what you got? So recently, my parents found this movie on a Prime Video, Amazon Prime. It's called... I Am Dragon. It's a, a Russian movie, so you'll have to watch it with your subtitles on, and, unless you speak Russian. And uh, so it's a fantasy. Uh, spoiler, there are dragons involved, and it was just a very pretty movie. I thought the, the costumes and the setting were lovely, and the plot was sweet and predictable, but I still liked it, and... The special effects were not ter- not terrible. Uh, so good movie, and it's free with Prime if you've got it. So give it a try. Nice. All right, uh, Craig, what you got? So um, something I've been playing for a while on my phone. Uh, so first, quick disclaimer: I do enjoy pinball. I own a pinball table called Bride of Pinball. That is not my good thing recommendation for this week, although maybe in the future. Um, and uh, I'm in pinball leagues and stuff like that. Anyway, really good app called Pinball Arcade for Android. Uh, maybe for, I don't know if it's on the iOS, but I know it's for Android. Really well made. Plays really, really well. Not quite, you know, perfect in terms of physics, but definitely the closest I've ever played for an app. Now, it doesn't actually run really well on PC. There is a PC version. I actually didn't like it that much. I like Zen Pinball instead. For PC, but when it comes to my phone, Pinball Arcade is where it's at. And they have, like, over 70 tables right now. Now, of course, you have to pay money for extra tables, but you do get, like, monthly tables for free or something like that. I don't know. I throw money at them, so I like Pinball. Okay. Uh, my good thing this week is a Netflix show. Uh, there are six episodes so far. It is a cooking competition show called Nailed It, uh, where they take these, like, super fancy, like, cakes and cupcakes and, like, like these really intricately designed things and give, like, amateur cooks, um, like, like basic, you know, step-by-step directions on how to do it and then just sort of see how well they do. And, uh, spoiler... Not well. Not well is, is how well they do. I've actually watched that show. It's pretty hilarious. I wish there were more episodes. It it feels like the sort of thing that could be put together like really, really quickly with like basically no money involved. Um so yes. Netflix, if if someone from that company is listening somehow, uh make more please. I enjoyed them. So I guess let's get started with the chapters. And by that I mean Tori, let's get started yes. with the chapters. Yes, let's get started with the chapters. Okay, uh, full disclosure, I am having some sinus allergy problems, and it is not in my nose, it's all in the back of my throat, so I'm scratchy and I can't talk well, and if I, if I start coughing, you can just edit that out later. <laughs> Will do. Alright, chapter 31. We are on chapter 31, right? Yes, 31 through 33. 
Rayadin and company take sail into the lake and watch him dissolve. Because remember, he's hoeed now. Correct. Within a few days, people start returning to New Elantris, seeking something else to live for now that Serene's food has stopped distracting them from their misery. Rayadin and Galadin spy on the Yorn, still praying by the city gates. They notice Shayor's men heading toward him and move to help. But before they can get there, Raithen leaps up and starts kung fu fighting. Rayadin and Galadin leave, secure in the knowledge Raithen can take care of himself. But Rayadin becomes determined to win over Shayor's gang rather than see more Elantrians fall to violence. He and a small group sneak into Shayor's hideout, toss them a few sacks of seed corn, and leave. When the wild men realize the uncooked kernels are inedible, Rayadin is waiting with a cook fire. That was chapter 31. Turning the page. Um, just quick question. I don't know if any of you know this. Would boiling seed corn, like, work? Like, would would that restore some measure of edibleness to it? Or, like, what's... How, how would that work? I have no idea. I was I, just gonna guess popcorn. Well, he has, like, a pot full of water going yes. on a big fire. Yes. So... I stick by my statement. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a cook, so... I'm just very concerned yeah. about this whole process, and I don't... I mean, in terms of eating food in general, if you have a way to cook it, it's typically better in some way for us as humans. So I imagine the the intention, of course, is that there's a way to cook this item that you normally can't eat, and therefore you can then eat it afterwards. And... That is, you know, what Rayadin is, is sort of, this is the value that he's bringing, essentially. That's all you really need to know. Like, I mean, I, I would guess that boiling it would soften it up and break it down to some extent, but... Yeah. Maybe it's something like rice. It's not rice, though. It's, it's I, I, I'm like dried it's seed corn. to rice, is what I'm saying. And I'm I'm saying that rice works in a very specific way that I don't feel like dried seed corn is going to then it's something that doesn't exist on earth and you shouldn't worry about it all right i'm just i'm a little concerned about this whole process and i don't see anything like i said the value is that he can cook this food to make it edible and therefore he has something that um Shara's gang might want I, I don't know, but suddenly I'm in the mood for corn on the cob, and that's your fault. Oh, man, I could go for that. That's a good thing. Add that to my good things. Yes. Ah, just give it another month. It's going to be great. What's happening in a month? That's about the time the corn will be ready to eat. Okay. So, so real quick, Tiru said, wow, way to set a new record for going off topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have a feeling we'll we'll win that record many times over before this book is through. I don't know. We we've only been five minutes. That's going to be a hard record to beat. Uh, we are sitting at eight minutes twenty five seconds on the official recording. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep track of that in the future. <laughs> Back on topic, chapter thirty two. Serene accompanies Duke Royal to a late night party at his house. 
She's mopey about the way everyone's been treating her with a mixture of awe and fear since she yelled at the king, but Roile reminds her that the little group of nobles she leads is counting on her to continue. The party is a garden party in order to watch a lunar eclipse later. While Roile's house is small and frugal for a duke, his gardens are extensive. They see Shudin acting all mushy with Torina, and it reminds Serene that she's alone with no prospects of marriage. The Duke sympathetically steers her toward another part of the party. Spy to tell him a party guest has fallen in the, into the pond. Roile deals with that and has some banter with Count Ahain. Aishi arrives and tells Serene the king is leaving the party. She excuses herself and looks for a carriage to follow him. Only Aishi tells her the king has slipped out of his carriage and snuck away. With Aishi's help, Serene follows the king into the sewers explaining to the Sion that this is the day of the week she always hears movement behind the walls of her room, where she suspects the king has a hidden passage. She thought if she had Roile plan a party at the same time, she could manage to follow him and see where he went. She slips in the dark and suddenly comes face to face with the king, who is not only naked, but is in the middle of some kind of ritual sacrifice, standing over a very dead young woman and surrounded by cultist cronies. Serene screams, but in short order is rescued by Eondel and some of his men. They were at the party, and Aishi had sent word to Roile's Sion to alert them of Serene's activities. Unfortunately, Diloph, who was also at the party, saw everything. The king is imprisoned, and Diloph tells the whole city about his crimes. Serene gathers her loyal nobles and tells them they have a lot of work to do to fix this. And finally, chapter 33, which is even shorter than the last Wraithen chapter, which was very short. Is it? I thought it was a little bit longer. <laughs> well, the summary is certainly shorter. Okay. Wraithen is hungry, so he eats the food he brought in with him. He's been praying for three days. He prays some more. Yeah, more or less. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. So what, what spoiler-free would we like to talk about with this? Well, there's a whole bit in there where Count Ahain is talking about his wife's weight loss because yeah, that they're was, at the party that was a she's good eating bit. some fruit and I'm like I'm sorry I'm a chubby girl and I work really hard to not be a chubby girl and I'm still a chubby girl just waving a sword around and eating some fruit is not going to result in drastic weight loss ladies if it did I'd be all over that sword thing no you mean it doesn't work like magic right Probably about as well as cooking seed corn. No, 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 because it's it's an alien world, so it obviously does work that way, in the same way that it's magic corn. Right. See, that's the problem, is I don't have this magic fruit that Ahane's wife is eating. I mean, sour melons, I, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't those be, like, lemons? I have no idea. Um, I think the... F fruit of it is described as being like red in color so maybe it's like watermelons but sour instead of sweet or maybe they're talking about grapefruit or i don't know all i know is uh lukel made a killing on it and then royale made a second killing on it and ahan or ahain sorry is uh late to the party and yeah. is going to lose a bunch of money um so we see uh, did it actually get described as it? Because I don't want to say it if it doesn't. 
Honestly, Let's just I think assume it's hard I don't. For us to have a spoiler-free conversation um, without having we we don't have the counterpoint, the member of our party to like ask questions and get thoughts on. So this part is going to be short. Fair get enough. The summary and then get the spoilers. Um, I like that we finally meet another Sion. That's kind of cool. Ope. He uh, he oversees Royale's gardens, and his name means flower. Conveniently showing up just in time for Aishi to call him for help. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else non-spoilery? I got nothing. Yeah, I'm kind of at a loss here as well. All right, I'm going to turn on the graphic. Okay. Spoilers ahoy. You've been warned. Waiting for the graphic. There's the graphic. Uh, so... This is uh, about all we ever get of the of the mysteries. I don't want to call it the just scary right. mysteries because Galadon is very adamant on that point. Uh, but this is this is really about all of the information this chapter that we ever get on on the mysteries. So I did not read this week. Um, I'm actually decided to do the full reread so I'm I'm honestly behind I'm I just started so uh I'll catch up eventually um but yeah I was from Tori's summary I was surprised that's this chapter where yeah. where we find out what he's been up to I thought it happened a little later but I guess it makes sense because there's some stuff they have to do first I mean story. we're we're physically like I know, uh, third. Approaching the two-thirds mark of the book. Yeah. Um, but going back to this being all we get of the mysteries, it it's less than a page. Uh, in in the time it takes her to follow him through the sewers, that's that's most of what happens. She slips, she bumps into him, she sees the body, she screams, Eondel's men show up, all of that is less than a page. Yeah. Um, later, it talks about, um, yeah, Diloff was there and he saw the whole thing. And according to him, the uh, symbols written on the altar were supposed to be calling for Serene's demise. So oh. that, that's all we get. That's 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 everything we know about the mysteries. So, so I'm that... sort of curious. And and maybe this is answered later on. Again, my my memory is fuzzy, but how much of this might so so we know Diloff has been there for a while. He was sort of, he was a plant at that location uh, in in Aralon, and we know he's been there for a while because he interacted with the old Artef. Uh, I know I might be saying things wrong, but that's you know. Head priest. Um, so, how much of this could have sort of been masterminded by Diloff in, in a way to, you know, uh, is this something he'd want to set up or does he not care? Is the question. Because this disposing, like, Harithan's plan is, of course, to dispose of the current king and put someone more favorable to Fjordel in power so that way they can convert everyone. It just seems weird that he's into this, is what I'm saying. Right. Well, Diloph does want the king to fall, so, of course, this is lining up with what he desires, but 
I don't think he would have orchestrated it in quite this way because he's such a zealot. So you think about, the king just got into this? Yeah, like on his own. Like so. I don't think he would have gone as far as to promote anyone to worship some other religion, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm this is this is all on Aedon. Um so do we think that there is any actual magic to this? I don't think so. I never got that impression anyway when I read it before. No, do we get enough that. a description of what exactly he's doing with the ritual? Because I, I would say if we get some sort of the placement of the body or the blood or some kind of symbol, because a lot of the magic is in this on this planet is based on you know shapes and figures. I mean, apparently there were, like, runes drawn onto the altar. Uh, But I think we're not getting description because it gets a little bit darker than Brandon really wanted to go, uh, outside of just, like, implication. Sure. I feel like if it was important, he still would have, you know, put it on the page. He would have described it. I mean, he's described some things that happen in uh, Mistborn with the way the uh, Inquisitors are made. Or it, maybe it's inferred, but it's well enough that I know what they go through. So if he can do that, he could describe this if it was important. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm what looking I'm... at the page now, and we don't really get a good description on that page. It's, um, let's see. The king stood facing her behind an altar, a red streaked knife raised in his hand. He was completely naked except for the blood smearing his chest. The remains Mm. of an eviscerated young woman lay tied to the altar, her torso sliced open from neck to crotch. Hmm. I mean, I'm I'm saying that what got glossed over was 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 murder rape. Yeah, and uh, I don't feel like we need more details on that. I mean, there is an argument that there might be some sort of magic tied to this, in that. We know he was successful. Iodin was successful beforehand. But yet he seems incredibly incompetent. So either he has really good connections, maybe from this cult that he joined, and maybe he's been in it for a while, uh, so he just has good connections, or something else is going on. Now, I don't want to immediately say, hey, magic, because it exists in this universe. It might just be just like anything that we've seen before, sometimes a religion or a cult pops up and it has nothing to do with the investiture or the shards or anything like that. It just is something that humans made up that they think works. Okay, fair enough. Maybe. Now, there is an argument against that because there is stuff that works. Investiture, that works. Elantrans were totally doing their thing 10 years ago and more. Um, So why would you believe in something that doesn't necessarily work when there's something that totally does. Or you still had soul stamping. That probably existed for quite a long time, too. So it's like, there's stuff that works, so it's weird for religions to pop up that don't do anything. So I could go either way, is what I'm saying. All right. Um, oh, so one one thing relevant to this. Uh, Saolin, totally dead. Like, right? 
Well, I, I don't know. Last time I talked about somebody dissolving into nothing, and you were like, no, no, that guy is still alive somewhere. He didn't dissolve into nothing, so... That guy didn't have hor horrific wounds all over his body that would kill him if he weren't Hoed. Yeah, but... We don't know what happens when they get transported to the cognitive realm. Maybe it doesn't matter. Their physical body doesn't matter. So I'm not convinced. I'm going to put a question mark on that well, one as well. Their physical body gets sent to the cognitive realm. So the, yes. the state of it should matter. We okay. don't know. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, okay, so I guess my personal belief is that Saolin went through to the cognitive realm was no longer under the partial transformation influence of the city of Elantris as a as a like massive power converter. Uh, and so traveled through and then immediately died from his wounds. That is well, that is my can... personal belief. Well, if if he's going into the cognitive realm where the power is, then wouldn't he finish his transformation? Like, happens at the end of the book, and then wouldn't he instantly heal from his wounds? Not necessarily. Not, yeah, not necessarily. It So the transformation seems to be a type of, I don't want to say spell, but it's a process that is established based on the shape of Elantris, the surrounding towns, the aeons that they, you know, created in shaping it. And I think part of that... Um, informs the transformation that takes place. So when you go to the cognitive realm, you don't necessarily become an Elantrin, maybe. Or it may, maybe it's just more like Andor just doesn't affect you anymore, and you're not in this weird partial state. I don't know. All right, here's what, I think, here's what I think is going on. Okay. They have become Elantrians. However, um, once the city was built as as like a a massive like power booster um you stopped becoming an elantrian and instead became a super elantrian you know uh yeah. yellow hair you scream a lot kamehameha um sure exactly and that's the transformation that is that was interrupted when the uh when the chasm happened okay uh so Anyone who is Hoed is an Elantrian. They have already done that first transformation. Once they're no longer within the the realm of the city of Elantris to attempt to Super Saiyan them, um, that stops being a relevant thing. So he would he would go over to the cognitive realm, be a regular Elantrian who has taken horrific wounds, and then die is sort of my, my thought of the whole thing. I feel like... I mean, it makes sense, but um, I feel like I need to reread Mistborn's Secret Histories. Fair enough. Um, I'm also thinking that the Super Elantrian transformation is a similar process to, uh, say, Kaladin swearing the second or third oath. Um, where there's this like very temporary but very large power boost that, in the case of the Super Lantrians, you know, heals all their wounds one time. But isn't it mentioned that they still heal faster in general? It's not like it happens the moment they become a Lantrian. They've always 
healed faster. And not because of them just being able to, you know, draw some Aeons to heal people. In general, they heal faster. It was described as such. Right. They heal faster, they're stronger, they're, they are faster. There's, like, they're just physically better. Yeah, there's um, nothing that stated this was temporary. Well, I'm, I'm saying, like, the, the instant healing is. It was a one-time thing. Um, what you're describing would be, like, a, I, I'm assuming a slower process that just sort of like happens over time. It's not Wolverine we're talking here. Right. Is, is any of this, I guess, tracking? Maybe. Uh, I, I mean, obviously this is all conjecture. We need at least one more book in this series to get literally anything else. Um, but I'm going to keep on I'm going to keep on believing what I believe until I'm given evidence otherwise. I can't think of anything that disproves what you're saying. I'll give you that. Well, that's not that's not proof cuz we 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 no, have so little to go on. Yep. What I'm saying is there's some things you're saying that could make sense. I like that we can try to find connections between the different investitures systems. Because finding these similarities, I think, is important to figure out what's going on. Uh, so, I have been uh, listening back through the original Mistborn trilogy, and something occurred to me that I have no answer for, and I'm wondering if one of you has an idea on it. Mistborn is my strong suit. Let's go. What mechanism did the original Terrace uh, prophets use to create the prophecy of the Hero of Ages? What did they use? What do yeah, you mean? Where, where did that come from? So the, the prophecy itself is probably put in place by preservation. Originally. The original prophecy was put in place by preservation and warped by ruin. Okay, but preservation doesn't really have a way to communicate with anyone. That was that was a big downside of preservation. Yeah. Ruin ruin can talk to people if they're crazy or if they right, have been pierced it, by metal. Because you can you can hear him talking in in your head. Right. Preservation Whereas preservation can't. doesn't. Preservation Although he is, does communicate with some people. Uh, he stabs Ellen, but yeah, and then he like rips a page, but beyond that. No. He... But can he write? No. Keep in he mind, keep in mind can't. when we see preservation, he's very weakened. True. So if we want to look at when the prophecy was first written, and the information we have is the prophecy is very old. And it might have been tweaked and modified every, you know, thousand years when it was time to for Ruin to try to, you know, essentially gain um escape. So I I suspect there were multiple attempts there. Um, when when we see when we see preservation in Mistborn secret history, when Kelsier is talking with him and calling him Futz, um, where are they? That's they're the cognitive, cognitive realm. realm. So if they're in the cognitive realm, I could not one you know some terrorist priest at some point in the past have figured out how to go to the cognitive realm also and had a conversation with him. The, Maybe. the cognitive realm for for um Scadriel, it's it's a little weird because of how the shard pool okay, how preservation shard pool was used. It essentially was used as a jail cell for ruin. So I suspect it was harder to travel between physical and cognitive realms there compared to other shard pools that we've seen. Well Hoyd um, outright I, says during during uh 
Mistborn Secret History that he's angry at uh, Kelsier for destroying the pits of ha- the pits of Hathsin because yes. that was the easy one to use. Right. So maybe they could have used um, Ruin's shard pool to travel, in which case the terrorists would have to do that, and I'm not sure if they would do that. Um, I mean, they'd have to... Maybe. They'd ha- I, 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 I can't say no to that, and yeah, maybe they... I mean, we, we are getting information in other books that people have, you know, traveled into the cognitive realm. This is not completely unheard of. So, yeah, maybe that's one way to do it. Another way is just that when preservation was more powerful, maybe he was able to put things in writing. He can't communicate because it seems like that's not his thing, but maybe he can still write somehow. Um, but in order for in order for a terrorist prophet to have communicated with preservation, according to the information that we have, he would have had to go to the cognitive realm by way probably of Ruin's shard pool. Um been able to have a conversation with preservation, which means that preservation would have had to have been willing to have a conversation with him or her, Mm -hmm. uh, which the shards that we've seen, I don't know, haven't been like too super big on communication. Oh no. Preservation would be though. He, except with very specific people. Yeah. But he feels a direct connection with the, the humans on that planet because they're, they're more preservation than ruin. They, he helped create them, so I'm. I think that's totally possible. Even if it's just one person that he chose, it's. I could see that happening. Him having a conversation with one person. Hmm. If if part of preservation, I I'm I'm almost certain that the prophecy comes originally from preservation because it's part of his plan. Long term, this was part of the thing that had to happen, and he planned for the prophecy to exist. He planned for Ruin to, to warp it in his own way and all that other stuff. It Preservation was playing the super long game. Well, I think it's of the shards we've seen, long. Preservation has the best, like, be able to see into the future Absolutely. Um, ability. Yes. With the possible exception of, like, maybe Endowment. I, I'm pretty certain that preservation is the longest well, based on the the other theories that I've linked you to before about like the number system and right and how they fall into the different uh, quadrants, which I'm not going to get into because I don't even remember right now, but I really like that theory. I'm, I'm just saying that like endowments, part of the investiture thing involved straight up prophecy. Uh, oh, yeah and, yeah, yeah. and we and we haven't seen endowment like pitted against another shard yet the way we have with with like preservation like preservation definitely could see into the future or guess at the future better than ruin like just straight up that's the only way that worked yeah Uh, but well so let's qualify the statement by saying we've seen the longest look through the future from preservation preservation has done that from what we've seen so far He's done the longest look into the future. Yeah, he basically had to set up a super-duper long game starting when he and Ruin got together and made people. Yes. <laughs> so, like, this this would then predate the entire human history on Scadrial was when Preservation's uh, plans started. Yeah, man. 
And given that there were like a bunch of thriving cultures uh, when the Lord Ruler took over, and then it's a thousand years after that, like, yeah. The thing is, and I think the way Preservation did his thing, it's sort of, um, it's more like he did general systems rather than specific moves. Like, it was a very gene- general, generic steps that can be taken. Like, if event A happens, B is the response. So, like, him using the mist to snap people. Like, that sort of thing. It's just a general, this should work, and 1 16th will be the the note to let people know type thing. So, at least it's not, I don't think it's specific moves. Like, this is what will happen, and then, you know, eventually these people will exist, and they'll do this thing, and blah, blah, blah. Like, it seems to be a general, like, algorithm that, preservation came up with i don't know if that makes it any better because honestly yes it's it's what you said he had to have put this place back when he put more of himself into humans compared to ruin because he knew eventually ruin would be more powerful than him. right and then at some point after that he gave up his own like consciousness to trap ruin in in his shard pool yeah uh which then at that point he was no longer functionally an active player Right. So, like, everything had to be put in play up to that point. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the prophecy would have come about right before, and I do mean right before that happened. Sort right. of like, this is the last thing I had to do. Okay, I've taken a step. This is the last thing I had to do, this prophecy. Time to lock up Rowan. Okay, I was, I was sort of trying to work out a way for it to work via, like, Farukami, so that... You know, maybe in a later book they could start having prophecies again. But yeah, having it, I mean, having it be part of preservation's plan makes more sense now that now that we've really dug into it. Keep in mind, I mean, it's easier to talk to Sezed than preservation or ruin. I mean, it's it's the same thing that before ruin can have conversations, but he, well, uh, he can speak, but you can't speak to ruin. Preservation, you can speak to but he can't communicate back to you. So Sezed has both of those things. Uh, and uh, No, Ruin could hear people talking. Yeah, but, no, but he couldn't I, I he meant like, in your mind. Read, I, I'm talking thoughts, about in yeah. the mind. Um, so the point is Sezed has both of it. Wax has communicated with him. So if there's going to be prophecies, you can talk to Sezed. I mean, if he chooses to. Uh, well, but also I think saying that it comes from Farukami is not a possibility because we do have the metals that let you see through time a little bit so um if you're talking about atium that does not count anymore well not anymore but i don't know i am kind of curious to see what uh would do aren't we all because it it has to exist it's got to be somewhere um i kind of suspect that that maybe Sazed is supplying Marsh with a small amount to uh, keep him immortal. Well, Marsh does have the supply of ATM that exists. It, ATM didn't completely disappear the moment um, I realized Harmony I'm just, came into existence. I'm not um, convinced that there's enough ATM still around that Marsh can find to make Marsh, that matter. They had it all. And they had they, all of the ATM. And they used it all. That was no, a plot No, they point. weren't able to burn all of it. They burned a good deal of it, but there were still some, and we're talking about one person now 
who only needs to burn it to do the the uh, Lord Ruler trick of staying alive. Oh, hey, that reminds me. Um, compounding. Yeah. Right? Let's talk a little bit about compounding. I realize we're <laughs> we're early, but... <laughs> I'll say. Um, okay. What would happen for a copper compounder? I, I have uh, I have three thoughts. Either number one, nothing. It just it doesn't achieve anything because the I way I need to know I don't I, I need to look this up because I don't know offhand what copper ferric ferric uh, does. Copper is knowledge storage. Okay. Copper mines. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Copper the cotton the yeah. I got it. Um because because this would be like just a straight up yes or no. Like, there, there's no, you know, you can't, like, store more of this knowledge that you have. You either are storing it or you are not storing it. That's That, to me, feels like the most likely. The next possibility is you can store it and also still remember it at the same time. That would mm. be useful, but not, you know, probably worth bothering with most of the time. The final option, and this one seems like very out there and probably not correct, is you gain a like ridiculously deep understanding of whatever the subject is that you are storing. So, so like you you store knowledge of you know irrigation techniques, and suddenly you you understand farming better than you know generations of farmers. So let, let me say this. Um, copper for allomancy is, I just quickly looked this up because I certainly don't know this offhand. It's an internal mental, uh, metal that is pulling. So, so the, the metals are divided between pushing and pulling. Internal is, and external. And then the four sort of quadrants. Right, internal. So it's internal pulling in the mental quadrant. So that's something to keep in mind when it, comes to figuring out what it does now gold similarly is also internal and pulling but it's temporal instead of mental okay but for compounding what it does allomantically doesn't matter you think Com so no compounding is 100 percent you're enhancing the the fer the ferrochemical portion that's that's all it is like uh you still get like the normal allomantic benefits um but it allows you to sort of put Let's let's say a a double pewter. Um, so someone who can burn pewter and also store pewter. Uh, storing pewter is physical strength. What you would do is store a little bit of your physical strength in some pewter, then burn it. You get this massive amount of of then physical strength back from burning the metal, which you can then store into your you know your pewter mines, um, and then have functionally endless physical strength yeah which... okay but that's it, that's an easy metal to look at because you have a direct numerical component that you can multiply and as one of the the quotes on the copper mindset mentions is that you take the ferrochemical power that you're burning well whatever it does and you burn it you're multiplying it by like a factor of 10 right or maybe not factor but a tenfold so um, you, you basically get like free ferrochemical storage. That's so that's all the compounding of, achieves. Yeah. So for a lot of the, if you look at the physical, it's very easy to multiply those 
Um, and the hybrid, which would be health and energy. That's yeah. So that's totally, but it's weird when it comes to story. Let me think about this. I mean, how if would you, you if you need like examples, memory. like better examples of how compounding works, just reread Alloy of Law. Um, yeah, I, I that is on my list of things to reread. They they go into oh, a lot are. of detail on what Miles is able to do being a double gold. Right. Well, that's when it's really really mentioned. Right. Although, like it's established in the the original Mistborn trilogy, but like we don't go into into real details and like solid understanding until era two, which kind of sucked because it made the ending of the first Mistborn book a little harder to understand. The power of compounding is even greater than it may appear at first glance because the ferrochemical attributes being released may also be stored rather than used and the process repeated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Basically, like I was saying, you just you get an infinite store of whatever right, it right. is you can you can do ferrochemically. So like Miles was a double gold, which meant he basically had health forever. Like he could just regenerate from any sort of wound infinitely. Um, a double atium, if such a thing still existed, outside of Marsh, who breaks the current rules. Uh, could then live forever, which, you know, we already saw with the Lord Ruler, we're seeing with Marsh. Well, so so here's something interesting that's also on the, the wiki, because that's a limitation. You cannot compound to become immortal. You can't achieve immortality because of the rate that you need to withdraw youth increases as you age. So eventually it'll get to the point where the amount you would need based on your age... You just can't store it and compound it. Uh, right. But, so there is a limit. It's just much, much longer compared to a normal. Right. But after lifespan. after a thousand years, the Lord Ruler was still able to keep his youth. Right. Uh, most of, like, he had to recharge about every three days at that point. So, I mean, we're still talking, you know probably something in the range of like 2,000 years you could manage to stay alive before it just got to be too much. So unfortunately the the copper mine doesn't say anything about copper compounding. Because we haven't seen any examples of it. I'm just sort of conjecturing what that might be like. Yeah, it's it's a good question that I certainly can't think, because it would... I'm I'm really pretty sure it's just that my first idea which is it doesn't it just doesn't because it's it's not like a degree of you're storing this much knowledge it's just you're either storing it or you're not it's it's a straight on off uh yeah i like it okay i'm reading a, a post okay before i give you an answer uh so tori where where are you at on your on your ongoing reread or not reread read of the comp the cosmere I am still in the same place as the last time you asked me. Oh. Oh, so you haven't been able to make any uh, word? I can't word. No progress in the last week? Nope. Dang it. So so I found something here. A quote from the book. Okay. Um, Final Empire. And I apologize again for anyone watching. This is spoilers for Mistborn, so please don't listen if you're currently reading Mistborn. You fear Dude, I'm talking to you. This is um, way too late for that. 
Yeah, true. Um, so, Breeze. He means that the Ministry is watching for him, Breeze said. He pretended to be a nobleman, and they found out. Doxton nodded. The Lord Ruler himself saw me on one occasion, and he's got a flawless memory. Even if I manage to avoid him, someone's bound to recognize me eventually. And then, there's also... Uh, what is this? Is this the annotation? We mentioned that the Lord Ruler's flawless memory here. This is actually the only time in the entire series that it's mentioned. However, this is an important clue for later. I don't want to explain too much and inadvertently ruin something. However, if you finish the book, you might be able to figure out why the Lord Ruler might have a reputation for being able to remember things. The intention seems to be that with a copper compounder, you can remember things and also store them at the same time when you compound it. Interesting. Or, here's another possibility, you just, you basically are a copper mind. Right, Like, okay. you, you just have that memory forever, not stored in metal, just, you just have it. Either way, it's from compounding copper, more likely. However, uh, that could just be referring to him being a Farukamist and having access to copper mines. Yeah, but the, th the thing is, with that... And, and yeah, maybe, maybe that's the intention, but you don't recall things just by seeing it. You have to draw on the, the the copper mine, the store. So you use it for like things like books because then you have some kind of index. Typically, you have an index that you can use that will let you find the thing because you don't remember the thing. But I think with compounding copper, you can, yeah, you can remember the thing either because you become a copper mine yourself or. You just have a way of storing it, yet also keeping it in your memory. Well, and also, don't they say when when Sazed, uh accesses some of his books that he quickly looks up what he needs and then immediately puts it back in the copper mind because it will degrade and he'll forget it if he right. keeps it in his head. So maybe it doesn't degrade if you're compounding. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So now we just need to figure out how all of this translates to space travel. <laughs> you think it's related to copper compounding? Uh, I think it's related to compounding in general. Yeah, I think I think compounding is kind of is kind of the key here. Maybe, but keep in mind this is using allomancy to enhance enhance ferrochemy. What if there's another way where you can use ferrochemy to enhance allomancy? Um like an inverse compound, sort of. I feel like we would have seen something from that at this point. Some sort Maybe? of hint at it. And there isn't. Maybe. I'm not convinced. There might be something there. I just can't quite imagine what it is right now. Because I need to reread Mistborn now. Although... You're asking some deep questions. Although we did in, in the latest... Um, in the latest Mistborn book sort of get introduced to a brand new use for Farukami, which is um, like storing identity in order to make yeah. uh, copper mines that anyone, or not copper mines, but metal mines that anyone metal can mine. use. Yep. So That is a thing. Shrug. I feel like there's enough in Farukami and Al Alamancy that there's ways you can get FTL by using some crazy combination of all the things somehow. Um, I feel you like the, some good the time shifting metals ought to do something to help with that. Yes. But I don't really understand Wait. how they work well enough. Hold up, hold up. 
Because we're talking about, okay, so Allomancy, if you look at, like, Bendeloy, speeds up time. Right. Or Cadmium, which slows down time. That's the one I was trying to think of. Sure. You have these things that can mess with time, but can we store that? Presumably, yes, absolutely you can, because they did it with the cube. Um, Marassi was able to load one of the cubes up, one of, like, the little um, Allomancy grenades. Okay. With, with cadmium, and then throw it and slow time for a little while. Interesting. Cadmium, it says, stores breath. Capital B, breath. Right. You can basically hold your breath indefinitely as long as you have a store of it. Yeah. That's not super important. I mean, like, no, definitely... no, 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 no. I'm wondering if it can also be used in relation to breath. Oh. Probably what not. happens if you store someone's breath? Capital B, breath. I don't think that's what that meant, and I don't know that there's necessarily any sort of interaction there. No, I know. I'm just... Be- because it does specifically like explain that in order to store breath, a ferrucumist would have to hyperventilate themselves. Yes. So it's it's definitely talking about... Like air no, 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 no. I'm not lungs. saying what it's talking about. I'm just wondering. It's more like what is the next... Uh, mechanism that breath is transferred between people on Malthus and is it actually related to breathing or is it just happen this is the way the soul or whatever the investiture is released yeah i, I you don't can't actually store that i don't think there's a connection there i'd love oh, to be i'd love to right be proven wrong around. sorry what bringing it right back around the aeon that went with the chapters this week Represented breath. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, Bendeloy stores energy, but it's it's physical energy. Like, you know, you eat food and calories, and you can you, tap into that later. So, like, what lift does? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Except with physical, like, energy, not investiture energy. Eh. Actually, I feel like if lift could get access to a uh, a Bendeloy metal mind that wasn't tied to anyone, I think that would work. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't... Yeah, maybe. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, the page on Ferrochemy on the different metals, and I don't see anything here that talks about actually storing time, but you can store investiture with Necrocell. Um, okay, you don't... You can't store time because... The things that can be stored are, like, personal physical attributes. Yes. Um, yes. Correct. So, like, it has to come from you. There was age with Atium, but, again, that's that's a god metal. It's breaking Whoa. the current rules. It's an exception. So, fair, uh, what is this called? Uh, necrocell. Um, storing investiture. Among other things, a necrosil mine can be used to store the divine breath of the returned and the ability to use various surges of the night's radiant. Okay, so we just need to get a ferrucumist to then go around to the different planets and pull hoids. <laughs> yeah. and, and then we can get somewhere. Like, uh, looking at the, the spiritual... So it's, it's the spiritual quadrant... Of ferrochemy, like I feel, this is actually the most useful, strongest quadrant. It's the one with storing fortune, identity, investiture, and connection. 
I feel like compounding fortune would be like just the best thing. <laughs> Except we don't know exactly what fortune does. It's it's luck. It yeah it explains yeah. it. Yeah, it, it it it's a like basically you have bad luck for a little while. And then you have good luck for a little while. Except if you're compounding, you just get good luck all the time. What I'm saying is, how does that work? How? What does luck mean in terms of the Cosmere, and how does that do a thing? You've read The Wheel of Time, you know how good luck works. I do not. I did not read The Wheel of Time. You read the first eight books of The Wheel of Time. It was 20 years ago. Okay. It turns you basically into a, uh, wow, I can't remember the the term that they use. Why am I blanking on this? La, 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 la. This so Odium mentions, implies that chromium, which is the thing that's storing fortune, can be used to predict the future. And then in Secret Histories, Alanoe, I don't know, whatever that name is mentions that drawing on fortune can cause coincidence to happen. That's that's essentially all we've really seen in writing. And that's where your prophecy came from. I, I was wondering if, if that wasn't like a possibility. Mm. Um that, that yeah, that could be the way that preservation did his thing. But therefore right, well yeah, because investor essentially comes from the shard anyway. Why can't I find what this term is from the Wheel of Time? Ren and Matt and Perrin are all this thing. Taviran, thank you. Ah, anyway, yes. I said it a minute ago, but you didn't hear me. I'm sorry. Uh, Yes, compounding fortune would basically make you a Taviran. That explains nothing. Specifically the Matt variant where, like, you can gamble and always win... Okay, you're not explaining how it works. All you're saying is words that are like, this makes you a thing. But what does that mean? How does how does the universe know that dice falling a certain way? It's probably based on your interpretation of what should happen. So therefore, it's taking your thoughts, your what you want to happen. So the picture, the image that you have in your head of certain events and making it come about like that's the sort of answer i was looking for from you okay pretend i said all those things you just said (laughs) and and it's important because it does show some sort of connection maybe with the mental your your mental picture or intentions more likely intentions rather than a mental picture but uh chromium does fall into the spiritual realm so maybe it has a connection with the you know spiritual plane Rather than relate it to the Wheel of Time series, let's relate it to Rincewind in the Discworld series, because Lady Luck is on his side all the time, and even though terrible things happen, Rincewind always comes out on top, even if he's terrified and unhappy about it. I mean, part of that is also on the luggage. I I feel like the luggage pulls a lot more weight than Lady Luck in keeping Rincewind from, you know dying all the time i just i love that luggage so much (laughs) okay i think what we're saying is we've exhausted this conversation here or we could just keep talking about the luggage from Discord. right so something i wanted to point out about elantris okay um which which i guess is just um something i noticed with uh sanderson's writing style at this time the technique he uses 
when he first described the current Elantris, he mentions, you know, there's these three gangs. You very quickly deal with two gangs, but Shiora's gang sticks around. Like, they are the main issue to deal with in Elantris for Rayodin. He, you know, th- this is the trouble aside from everything else that's happening. The external force opposing Rayodin's group. So I thought it's sort of, I guess, neat that at first you're like, this could be difficult, but you very quickly have Rayodin dealing with the with two of the gangs and just having to worry about this third one that is probably the extremist of the three. That actually gets brought up in the uh, the annotations for these chapters. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, he like specifically... Actually, he went through at least one rewrite that involved giving like more people to Shayor's gang, uh, just because he wanted the three gangs plotline to actually have some teeth and not just get dealt with immediately. Which is kind of how it comes across if you're just dealing with Kereta and Aandon. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that gets addressed in the end. I don't have anything else on this. It just he talks about it. Okay. It was it was certainly intended. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're, I think we're pretty well rung out this week. Maybe we should have done six chapters, but I thought we'd have more to go on with, with the whole King and the Jeskery mysteries, and I was wrong. I think this is okay, we talked for an hour. Uh, true. But we, we didn't stay on topic worth a crap. Keep in mind, when we do get our Seth replacement, these episodes will become longer again, because we'll actually have even more questions for our reader, because there's more information there, and we sort of want to pick their brain. True. So, you're looking at it from the perspective where we're going to talk about spoilery stuff, like Cosmere and how it works, and apparently other books as well. Um, have you we'll not have read more Discord, substance. the Discworld? I have not. Oh, man. You should... I mean, I realize I'm already piled a bunch onto your plate already, but, like, eventually you should get there. I'm probably going to do the um, Dresden Files first. Those are also very good. Yeah. Um, that might be the first thing I read. Right now, I'm doing Elantris. I actually feel like doing a reread of Warbreaker because it's fun. And so I'll probably do that next. And then, if I'm not reading Mistborn, uh, maybe I'll do Dresden Files. Okay. Um, all right. I'm so, trying yeah. to tie in my reread of Mistborn with uh, whenever the, the last book is released so I can like essentially reread it right before it comes out. Well, right now I am audiobooking uh The Well of Ascension. I am reading Way of Kings, uh moving on from Way of Kings to just the rest of Stormlight. And then maybe after after that I might redo Dresden Files. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. But Alright. Uh I think I'm gonna call it here. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Good night, Internet. Good night. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast, or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 